take things for granted, as most people do. You do that? I confess, I certainly do. This is true confession times. I told you last month introducing this topic. Uh, this is, this is my, in fact, this is my most common vice, okay? My most common sin, okay? You want to know what my sins are? I could tell you a long list, but this is big number one, okay? Uh, big number one sin. This expression, taking it for granted, is commonly used in English, but some of us may not quite understand it. Uh, taking it for granted means failing to properly appreciate. Uh, have a good night, ladies. Have a very good night, ladies. Don't take anything for granted. It means failing to properly appreciate the value or the merit of someone, of something or someone. It means failing to appreciate the value or merit of something or someone. Imagine taking a 500 euro bill. All right, for those of you euro lovers here, ever seen one of those? 500 euro bill? Okay, Google this real quick. Okay, is there such a breed? Okay, taking a 500 euro uh, bill, Johannes here, and rolling it up and smoking it as a cigarette. Imagine that. Wouldn't it be nice? Anybody like to do that? No, okay. No, 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 okay. Imagine that, okay. Well, I have a couple of smokers here on Sunday morning. They wouldn't mind doing that, I guess. Uh, but it can also mean, also mean accepting or assuming something without question, which may involve overestimating one's knowledge of something, you know. It may come from some sort of misunderstanding about a situation or false expectations, and it reveals a lack of gratitude and a failure to give thanks and show appreciation where it is due. Basically, taking it for granted has to do with not being grateful, failing to express thanks, appreciation, rightful recognition, and it may be uh, looking on something, looking at something maybe as, as one's right, Something to be deserved, something uh, entitlement, we would say. You know, it's only natural that I get this, you know, and not as a gift that is graciously offered and granted. In fact, the expression English verb to grant means to formally give something that is requested to someone. It means to agree also or to admit to someone that something is true. I'll grant you that, okay? I'll admit that that's true. But the big question is, what does the it mean in our topic tonight? Taking it for granted. What does that represent here? Well, the simple expression taking for granted is a generalization of an attitude. Uh, the expression taking it for granted, though, implies something specific. Uh, that is not receiving its due attention or appreciation. So what is it? What is it, Naomi, uh, your health maybe, uh, what is it that is so, she needs a glass of water and I need a glass of water too. Thank you very much. Uh, what is it that is so important that's being neglected that's missing, missing here? To, to define this it what do we often take for granted? All right, I want you to think and make a little mental list in your mind tonight just for about one minute. 
I can list a lot of things that I have, but often forget their value to me. For example, money in the bank, or money in the pocket, a roof over my head, living in a warm, safe place, no bombs, no wars, stable economy, stable infrastructure, things work pretty predictably, an easy, cozy life. Thank you so much uh, for people like you who help us take for granted. We don't want to take you for granted. This is just everyday stuff. Not even getting to health and hobbies and vacations and the safety of and the freedom to travel or quality consumer goods or even more basic things like good food, clean running water. Remember the presentation about Nigeria tonight? Clean running water, clean restrooms. Thank God for clean restrooms, okay? Uh, warm clothes, a comfortable seat on the bus, the train, the plane. Have you ever thought how many reliable people that you or I take for granted every day, people that you never once think about? Bus driver, train engineer, the people at the city waterworks. Where is Yannick when we need him, right? Where is Yannick when you your 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 uh, uh, people at the power station? People at the power station. How about the city garbage collectors, other city employees? How about someone serving you behind a counter? How about the cashiers over here at Riva? How about the bakery? How about your professors, your classmates, your housemates, your family back home? You never realize how much you take them for granted and how important they are to your life until one day they're gone. Suddenly, perhaps tragically, you're missing what you normally rely on this person for. So, is it somehow morally wrong to take things and take people for granted. Maybe for most of us tonight, that's kind of a given. Maybe almost so much of a given that it's, you take it for granted. But let's ask a little bit more basically tonight, answer this question a little more basically. What is wrong in taking things or people for granted? How do we know it's wrong? Even if we don't know or care about God or the Bible, well, at the latest, being on the blunt receiving end, the butt of the joke of ingratitude, sometimes it takes someone being ungrateful to us, taking us for granted to make us realize that we ourselves are often ungrateful and take many things and countless people for granted. But why should we be grateful? Is it only to make us feel better about ourselves? To salve our own consciousness, consciences? Or is there something inherently good, right, and moral to being, to, 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 to being grateful that has to do with things, thanking God maybe, or something bigger, something bigger? and what God or something bigger considers right and true. 
If we ought to be thankful, if we ought to be grateful, then who are we to thank when it seems like there's no one else around to thank, thank for things and persons and circumstances that no human being has made and no human being has control over? The who, this who, is God. But this who... God, thank God, is more than an impersonal force, some impersonal force. Yet, while he is holy, he is also a deeply personal being who, Psalm 22, verse 3 says, inhabits the praises and the thanksgiving of his people. It is wrong to take people, to take things for granted, because all of these things... And all of these people have been granted. That is, they have been given to us by God. They have been placed in our paths and lives for good, even to sustain us. Taking it for granted, therefore, means having an attitude of entitlement that we deserve it, or somehow that we've earned it for ourselves, that it hasn't been granted to us but we just take it and we earn it for ourselves. God is left entirely out of the equation, either intentionally or simply forgotten. How many times have I ridden past or driven past or walked past a beautiful sunrise or a, a, a amazing, an amazing sunset or, or a full moon without pausing a moment to appreciate it. Indeed, we don't deserve the beauty of nature. A sunset autumn of colors of leaves, snow, rain, sunshine, and warmth. We don't deserve health. We don't even deserve the breath of life. And all of life, what's necessary and important, is granted and is, is given to us. Are we really as grateful as we think we are? Or do we still often consciously or unconsciously take almost everything and everybody for granted? Number one sinner right here, okay? What are the reasons? What are the reasons why we take something for granted, someone for granted? Well, besides the reasons I mentioned before, entitlement, for example, I deserve it, it's self-understood, it's a given. But sometimes we're just simply too busy to realize how important something is. Or sometimes we're simply indifferent because of some past negative experience or judgment about it. You know, I was amazed this year uh, at my English class members in Stuttgart at the recent 30th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall that occurred on November the 9th, 1989, you know, and we started talking about this in class, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one guy was from East, East Germany, and he was thinking, he was getting excited about it, and yeah, yeah, and yeah, and yeah, and we crossed the border, and we went over into West Berlin, and where did we go in West Berlin? Oh, we went to Kufustendam, ah, and what did we do? Oh, we went to uh, Edeka, or we went to Riva, and what did you do in Edeka and Riva? You know what we did? 
We bought bananas. Bananas? Oh, this was 30 years ago. None of you remember it. But all those people from the GDR, the East German, East German Communist East Germany, never got a banana. Never got a banana. Getting bananas was great. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to make a trend. I am Forrest Gump, okay? I am Forrest Gump. And you're going to be running after me like jogging. Remember that? Remember that in the movie? Okay. I am Forrest Gump. And we're going to start a tradition, and it's going to start next year on November the 9th, 2020. You know what the tradition is going to be? It's going to be German Banana Day. November the 9th, 2020 is going to be German Banana Day. So you know what you do? Johannes, you know what you do on November the 9th, 2020? You go out and buy a banana. So we can remember the excitement of freedom. Freedom. And something that is good that we often don't appreciate, you know, a banana. Amazing, amazing. German Banana Day. Don't forget that. If you forget everything about tonight's sermon, don't forget that. November the 9th, 2020, German Banana Day, all right? Don't forget that. We're too busy. We're indifferent, you know. Another reason why taking something for granted is we think we have too much of something, you know. Uh, we think later we think we'll, we'll have a, too little of it. You know, maybe like sunshine. We had so much sunshine. Oh, I don't like sunshine. So we have this kind of misjudgment about proportions. Another reason, another reason why we take things for granted when we, is when we struggle to solve problems on our own, yet this problem is somehow solved other than how we planned or thought. Someone shows us a solution that we hadn't expected or thought about before. And it's unexpected. And the solution indeed comes from another source. We realize that it was never our plan to do this. But rest, calm, and a new solution was granted to us from God. The solution was given beyond our comprehension. Are we grateful? Are we grateful? Yet even when we aren't grateful, even we forget to say thanks, God still provides and doesn't seem to be waiting for us to be grateful until he helps. You know, if God were just sitting there, you know, waiting for us to be grateful before he did good stuff for you, he'd be waiting a long time. Uh, Luke, Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verse 35, He, the Most High, your Heavenly Father, is kind and merciful to the ungrateful and wicked. Isn't that an amazing statement? How patient our God is. He is the one constant, despite the shakiness of our ingratitude, taking for granted. Now, if taking for granted or taking someone or something for granted is bad, is negative, is immoral, or even poisonous for our lives and character, what is the antidote for taking someone or taking something for granted? We need to be grateful. We need to be thankful. But how and why? That we take things and even people for granted may have to do in the first instance with our wrong ideas about God. That we even take God himself for granted. We take God himself for granted. What do we often take for granted about God? Do you know? 
Romans chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, the Apostle Paul observes that we take beauty, the world created by him, world, life, good things, and we take his goodness as the source for granted. I mentioned before about missing the beautiful sunsets and not appreciating the fact that God made them for us to recognize and honor him for them. And instead, other things seem to take away our attention. Even in God's place, even something that looks like it's a, almost a religious obligation, a religious duty, uh, commandments. Even the commandments. Jesus healed ten lepers, but only one was grateful. Where are the other nine? Jesus asks in Luke chapter 17, verse 17. Well, perhaps the other nine were so focused on fulfilling a religious requirement, the commandment to go and show themselves to the priests in the temple in Jerusalem that they forgot to say thanks to the one who had actually healed them, to go back to the source. Did they ever make the connection of what happened and what had happened in their lives? Did they ever think to go back to the source who is Jesus to thank him as God and is the Son of God for healing them? Gratitude is more than just fulfilling a religious obligation. You remember when your parent, when you were little, about uh, as old as that little girl who just walked out, uh, that little girl, her name is Favor. Uh, remember when you were about that age? Uh, all of you were about that age. I, might, I remember when you were about that age. Anyway, <laughs> I remember when I was that age. Remember when uh, mommy and daddy, you know, told you to say, you know, now say thank you, you know, maybe in your language or languages, you know, say, now to say thank you to that person, you know, as a little child who gave you a banana, but you did so kind of begrudgingly. Remember that? Remember that? Okay, it's about relationship especially to God. Gratitude is more power when you, powerful when you realize that you don't deserve it. You don't deserve anything. The grateful leper who returned to Jesus was a Samaritan who couldn't have gone up to the priests in the temple of Jerusalem, but probably would have gone to his own priests in Samaria. Yet he was the one unexpected person who returned to the real source of his healing, but he wasn't entitled to anything. We take God for granted also with wrong ideas that we have about God. The Israelites in the desert also took God's provision for granted. They worried that they would never reach the promised land because all they had to eat was manna and all they had to drink was Where did they get that water in the desert? Oh, from the rock? Okay. That's all they had. And they were, afraid, they were afraid they'd never reach the promised land. Worry is a, is a way of taking things for granted because you forget you know, to count your many blessings, which is the cure for worry. We don't believe that God can really take care of our needs. 
Or maybe we think another idea, wrong idea about God is we think that God is somehow the big policeman in the sky who's always trying to accuse you, you know, blow the whistle on us. It sounds more like the devil to me. Or judge us, making us feel guilty about something. On the other hand, while singing that beautiful song, Good, Good Father, you know, I love that song, isn't it? A good song. Good, Good Father. Reminding ourselves of how good God is. We play fast and loose with Him. We play fast and loose with Him like a young man that Linda told us about who took advantage of his own father's, his own father's goodness to bail him out of jail time and time again. To pay for his numerous speeding tickets, to pay for his numerous accidents because of his reckless driving and his carefree attitude. Playing fast and loose with God's goodness. Being grateful to God for His goodness doesn't play fast and loose with His grace, but it's about maintaining a relationship with Him. One of our team members remembers that his wife uh, always does their laundry. You know, it's like my wife. She always does our laundry too. Uh, and he realizes that he should be grateful for it. I think he's more grateful for it than I am. So every now and then, this team member always goes back and just simply says thank you to his dear wife when she does it. Not out of some obligation or not out of just to feel good about it, but it's about honoring his relationship to his wife and honoring his wife. That's good advice for marriage. That's good advice for all relationships. You know, but if we don't know the source of who to thank for something, Think of the Spanish word. Where are you, uh, Maria? Where are you? Adios. Right? Adios. That means goodbye, right? But it also doesn't it mean adios. To God, right? Back to God. Back to the source. The phrase, thank God, is a way to express Gratitude to God, but it's not just a trite expression, a trite phrase. Some other wrong ideas that we have about God or that people have about God, maybe you don't have these ideas, but some people have these ideas, the idea that there are many ways to heaven. You know, a lot of people think it, but they forget that Jesus Christ claimed that he is the only true way to heaven when he said, no one comes to the Father except through me. Therefore, there can only be one object, objectively objective truth about who God is and what God is like. And in the Bible, this truth is revealed, or rather God has revealed himself through his written word in the Bible and more directly, more emphatically in his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says no one has ever seen God except the son uh, who has, has been with the father and has made him, has revealed him in close relationship, has made him known. John chapter 1, verse 18. People take for granted, you know, also where they stand with God. They think all is well with their souls. Uh, they think everything's okay between them and God. But what about their sins? What about our sins? How will God deal with our sins? How will God deal with, deal with that? Is that an urgent matter for us to deal with? We often mistakenly think that we can just put off matters of faith. We can just put off maybe thinking about God, deciding what we believe about Him, what deciding about the Christian faith. But if we are young, 
if we're still young also, we, we can take it for granted. We think we've got plenty of time. I mean, good grief, I'm only in junior high school. I mean, good grief, I'm only in high school. I mean, good grief, I'm only just starting my bachelor's program. I mean, good grief, I'm not even finished with college yet. But we may suddenly run out of time. We may suddenly stand before God. We're like the rich farmer who laid up for himself treasure uh, and not in heaven but on earth, and he did not reckon with God, but God said to him in the night that he passed, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. We only have this life to find our peace with God. The Bible makes it clear that we have no further chance. If we take up, but we, if we take all of this for granted and we think we're all okay with God just as is, we, we assume knowing what God is like, even basing it, Maybe, or without even basing it with what is revealed in the Bible. Some people even try to fit God into their own image, into their own picture of who they think he should be or they think he is who they think he wanted him to be. They try to mold him into what better fits their own conception of God, which is very far from the truth. Comfort was telling me about somebody tonight she met on the bus who had that same idea. God has to fit into my mold of who I think he is. But they take it for granted that this does not matter. This does not matter, molding God in my image. If you really worship this kind of a God, then you must realize that you are worshiping an idol. You're not worshiping God. It's true that we do have limited wisdom, we cannot truly understand the greatness and complexity of God's character and power. But the one and only true God has revealed himself to us in the Bible, especially in Jesus Christ. Hebrews says in Hebrews 1 verse, verse 3, the, the Son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. You know, sometimes we tend to pick out the attributes of God that we like the best, we assume that this is all of God's character, but it becomes a very one-sided view. For example, many people believe that because God is love, that God will just simply overlook our sin, overlook our disobedience. And so we can just take it for granted that God will just kind of sweep everything under the carpet. And they forget that God is also a God of justice and that God must punish sin. But the wonderful truth about this is that because of his love, Jesus took our punishment upon himself on, by giving us, by dying in our place, in our punishment, for our punishment on the cross. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The Bible reminds us of our true standing of God when it says, for the wages of sin... What we have deserved, the deserved punishment of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In fact, if we claim that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 8 and 9. You know, that's cleaner than any leper that Jesus ever cleansed of his leprosy because it cleanses our consciences. 
You know, like the song that they were singing about, I am free. I am free. My conscience is clean. Have you ever repented? Have you ever trusted in Jesus' death on the cross in our place to forgive us? Or are we living our lives now in the new life that Jesus alone can give us so that we can please God for living for him instead of living for ourselves? You know, if you're not sure about this tonight or we don't even believe in God at all, we can investigate it. We can consider it before making a decision. It's always good to know. It's always good to be certain of the facts before making a decision or just abandoning the idea because you think you know it all anyway. Whatever it's about, everything and everyone deserves to be treated seriously and not taken for granted or judged too lightly. This is really important in everyday things, and it's also important in matters of faith, things that have eternal value. The Bible gives us God's promise that when we seek Him, we call on Him with all of our hearts. He says, I will be found by you, Jeremiah 29. This involves finding out all that you can by asking Christian friends, by doing research, by studying the Bible thoroughly, reading the Bible, asking for God's help in a short prayer to understand it. The Bible is God's written revelation and his purposes with mankind and revelation is in Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1 says that in the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us through his son. The Bible was written so that we wouldn't take God for granted and we wouldn't take the new life that Jesus gives us for granted. You know, how do we stop? How do we avoid uh, how do we avoid it taking things for granted? Three very brief points. First of all, number one, stop taking things for granted. Stop doing that. Uh, but you know, to stop doing that, you need to think about it. Think about it. And then give thanks from a grateful heart. And then thirdly, take action because your heart is grateful. Take a moment each day to think about maybe for only about 30 seconds, what God, what you have, what has been granted to you, that is what has been given to you that you didn't work for, that you didn't deserve. Count your blessings and see what God has done. The old song says, that's a whole lot. Is it enough just to say or to think, I am a grateful person, or does our gratitude really manifest itself in our lives so that our lives begin to change? Jesus gives us the right perspective on grace and gratitude when he says, freely you have received, freely give. The uh, attributes that I, I like, or that we like and assume uh, that is all itself uh, is praise, and, 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 and go and worship, and then going back to the source, going back to Jesus. Be grateful, and then take action. You know, we realize the source when we turn to God in prayer, prayerful uh, worship and praise, and then we take action. You know what Zacchaeus did? Zacchaeus wasn't just grateful that Jesus had stopped by his place for a good meal. Zacchaeus said, you know, I'll pay back all that I've cheated, all the people I've cheated, four times the amount. He was grateful for Jesus' presence in his life, and so he took action with a grateful heart. 
The Apostle Paul says in the Bible verse we read at the last, uh, he instructs us to give thanks in all circumstances. And in another place he says, we should do all giving thanks to God. Because of thankfulness, we take action. Our lives are changed. You know the phrase, thank God, is a way to communicate gratitude. It's a way, it's not just a trite phrase that we say. One of our German, one of our team members on our Sunday night worship planning team was shocked to hear the phrase, have a nice day in her own language, uh, when uh, she shopped at a, a supermarket, kind of like Riva here, uh, and uh, uh, she, it, was, it was actually a supermarket that was a German supermarket chain, and the employees of this German supermarket chain, which had recently expanded their business to this, her country, uh, had instructed all of the employees to say to people when they left, have a nice day. Well, why? Uh, this was a way to express gratitude and not to take something for granted and to express thanks to someone in an unexpected way. Well, how was this unexpected? Uh, in her language, in her country, it was just, you know, traditional, like in most countries, just to say, you know, when somebody leaves the shop, leaves the store, oh, thank you, you know. Uh, but because that was such a trite phrase, the company instructed the employees to say, have a nice day. And that struck her. What? They actually wished me a happy, uh, uh, have a nice day. They actually did that. That was an unexpected thing. And when we do this, then we create opportunities to encourage people to, in, in, to brighten people's day and at the same time to build meaningful and mutual relationships with them, to build relationships with people, to express appreciation not in a superficial way, but in an unexpected way. And we do the same thing with God. When something good happens, we thank God, thank God, and we give Him the credit and the honor and the glory because in the Bible we are often called to give thanks. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. The Lord, the Bible teaches us to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. You know, but that's very hard to do. That's very hard to do when our circumstances look bleak. Lou Gehrig was a Hall of Fame baseball player in America in the 1920s and the 1930s. Anybody remember that name? Nobody except me as an American. You ever heard the name Lou Gehrig? Okay, well, maybe you haven't heard it in a baseball context because I'm going to tell you something terrible. Lou Gehrig was a Hall of Fame baseball player. He played about 15 to 20 years, every single game. Every single game. Didn't take a rest. He had broken fingers. He had broken bones. He played uh, He played every game. Played for the New York Yankees. Played with good old Babe Ruth, a home run hitter. And Lou Gehrig was a home run hitter as well. Lou Gehrig uh, broke many records until his career was ended by a degenerative nerve disease with no cure 
that eventually killed him in 1941. But still, a few months, or a few, uh, some, a little bit, about two years before his death on July the 4th, 1939, you can read it on the internet. He expressed his gratitude for all the things that he had been blessed with. At Yankee Stadium, in front of 50,000 people, with a microphone, he said, you know, it's been great you know, I've really been blessed to have great teammates and fans, to have a wonderful life, to have an amazing career with many championships and much success. And Lou Gehrig's courage to be faithful, be thankful, even in these circumstances, was an encouragement to millions of people, even though Lou Gehrig himself was not a, you know, just uh, out there... Bible-thumping Christian, you know? He was a baseball player. Just a baseball player. Just a baseball player. But he encouraged millions of people. You know, you can do that in the bleak circumstances. You can give God thanks. We can give God thanks every day for the foods that we eat. We thank God for his love and care and protection, for saving us, for forgiving us, for eternal life beyond death, for his son, Jesus Christ. You know, we say grace at the table every meal time, every meal, three meals a day, thanking God for our daily bread, for foods which God created are to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For God created, everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. 1 Timothy 4, verse 3. We can also give thanks for people we know and are rarely grateful uh, uh, people, people here. We can we praying for people. The apostle Paul gave thanks for the Christians that he met on his missionary journeys. Every time we pray, we can begin by thanking God. But conversely, it is prayer that helps us to develop a grateful heart. You know, the more we pray, the more of a grateful heart and an attitude of thanksgiving we develop. The Apostle Paul says in Philippians four verse six, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And, he, and Paul explains that this thanksgiving to God helps us to become content with what we have, if it's much or if it's very little. Unfortunately, we tend to take too many things for granted, too much for granted. Some things we take for granted are unimportant and don't really matter, but but there are matters of real and lasting significance which we only take for granted at our peril. Among those things is taking God for granted, is taking matters of faith for granted. But you know, don't take anything or anybody for granted because God has granted them to us. We are called to not forget all of his benefits. Psalm 103 verse 2, forget not all of his benefits, all of his many blessings. Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. A well-known song. We need to be thankful to God, the giver of all good things, from whom we receive these kinds of blessings, spiritual blessings, material blessings every day. We have so much to thank God for, and all too often we forget to do so. Or we just take them for granted. Therefore, in conclusion, let us ponder 
think about the loving deeds of the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and love endures forever. Amen. Our Bible memory verse for today. Yeah, and from Colossians 3, verse 17. Okay? On the count of three, you may repeat it after me. What one, two, three. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. One more time. One, two, three. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Colossians 3, verse 17. Amen. Amen.